Welcome to the Wandering Pilgrims podcast. My name is Courtney. I'm one-third of the Wandering Pilgrims. The other two-thirds are made up of our daughter and my husband, Josh, who you'll be hearing from on here as well. You will hear about lots of different topics on our podcast, from biblical discussions, book reviews, Christian travel, homeschooling resources, and so much more. You can also check out more of our travels and resources at our website, thewanderingpilgrims.com, and of course, lots of photos, videos, and resources on our social media pages, YouTube, and Rumble. Hope to see y'all there. Thanks for stopping by the Wandering Pilgrims podcast. want to be a good person. I want to be a godly person. There is no proof of macroevolution. So, Courtney was nice enough to take down some notes as to uh, uh, verses uh, in the Bible 
where it talks about being a godly woman uh, and a godly wife. But we'll get to that part. Um, so if you will be so kind as to start off with your first note there. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I jotted down some notes about two examples of an ungodly woman, uh, first and foremost, because I'm somebody that likes to compare and contrast. So, um, sorry about that. We saw a waterfall. <laughs> um, but, uh, the first note that we made was about Jezebel, who was the queen with Ahab, um, his wife. And this comes from 1 Kings 22:25. Surely there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the sight of the Lord, because Jezebel, his wife, incited him. So, Ahab wants a vineyard, right? Yes. And he goes, he doesn't do it. Oh, he tries to get it. He tries to get it. God won't sell it. And he won't, the guy won't sell it. So she, Jezebel comes up with this plot. Behind his back. Behind his back to have, have the guy framed. Basically. Basically for blasphemy and a bunch of other crimes. Uh, and gets him killed. And then Ahab goes. So he can get the vineyard. And, and so he can have the vineyard for him. That's what she tried to do for him. Yeah. So that gives you an idea of her character. Um, definitely not a godly woman. Definitely not a godly wife. Um, no surprise uh, her being notorious, or Ahab being notorious for that matter. Um, but, I mean, she just, she influences him. She makes him, she doesn't make him better. She makes him worse. And as a helper, as a woman, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of, a little bit of spilling over between woman and wife. It's kind of hard to separate the two um, a lot of the time with scripture. But you influence one another. You, you either help one another be better or you can help one another be worse. <laughs> you know, it just depends on. Which way you go about it, I guess. Alright, what's up next? Up next is um, an example from Isaiah 3.12. And it says, All my people, their oppressors are children, and women rule over them. All my people, those who guide you, lead you astray, and confuse the direction of your path. Now, this has to do with like an ungodly time. Isaiah being a prophetic book for Israel, of course. Um, and the commentary from the MacArthur Study Bible, which is amazing, um, <laughs> it uh, just kind of illustrates that um, it, it's it's a figurative depiction here um, of women ruling over, um, because we're told in Genesis that men will be the heads of the household, and women will strive against this. So, uh, it, it 
goes along with Genesis. say that that part just kind of goes along with uh, the women mm -hmm. ruling over men in a hierarchy kind of situation just like yeah. marriage is not what was meant yeah it was looked very it, they used it as a figurative example for a reason <laughs> mm -hmm. they basically they compare yeah they compare the rulers of that time um, to children to and women. women and children yeah which you know you could compare that I mean honestly to many 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 times in history history throughout history. itself right yeah and not not specifically times when women ruled no there have been competent but women rulers but times when the people in charge acted like children more than responsible rulers. There's been a couple of times when there were actually children in charge. <laughs> and then people trying to rule over the children and then there just being a whole lot of mess from those, well, from those circumstances. We got tired of monarchies. Yeah, uh, we did. So, America... What's up next? Well, that kind of leads us into the godly women. Um, and some of these, I didn't put any particular Bible verses down because they have entire books. Um, so read the books. Um, Ruth being the first one. Ruth was loyal to Naomi, her mother-in-law, even after, you know, her, even though Ruth's husband died, who was Naomi's son so she really didn't have any reason to continue being loyal to her. She could have went back to her own family. But she followed her. She stayed with her. She was faithful to her and obedient to her and to God. Um, so we see that it played such an important role that she is included in the genealogy for King David, who's as we know, the genealogy for Christ. Um, so she's she's a, a, a good role model for, for women, I would say, in a lot of respects. And then, of course, we have Esther. Um, Esther is an amazing book. Uh, and she was, she was never haughty. She was always, always struck me as kind of humble about herself. She had to have been beautiful considering <laughs> it was a beauty contest. She wanted to be queen basically um, and yet she never came off as proud. Um, she was wise. She was obedient. Um, she was smart. She was smart about how she went about talking to her husband the king and how she helped save her people. Um, 
lot of times when people get power, they just, I don't want to say forget their manners, but <laughs> you, you lose that humbleness, you lose some meekness, and you lose that when you're elevated. And she never seems to have lost that, and it seems to have contributed to saving her people. So, Ruth and Esther there. Okay, you're good? Okay. So, I have three different ones from Proverbs. Um, Proverbs eleven sixteen: a gracious woman attains honor, and ruthless men attain riches. So, I mean, that one's pretty straightforward. Um, having grace, being dignified. Um, I mean... It, it's pretty straightforward. There's not a whole lot of elaborating on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and having grace isn't always easy, you know, because grace to me kind of encompasses so much. Like patience and, and holding your temper and reminding yourself that you didn't always know this or you didn't always have this ability. You learned it or you grew and were able to do this and now you're trying to pass it on or just so many different things. Um, so it's always worth taking a minute whenever you feel like impatient or trying to have that anger build. Um, it's not easy by no means. So it's always worth noting um, that we should take a moment to uh, think about what we're doing. And then we have Proverbs 11.22, as a ring in a swine's snout, so is a beautiful woman who likes discretion. Oof. Um, but, uh... <laughs> that one's kind of on the nose. Um, they didn't hold back with that one. Uh, so it doesn't matter how beautiful if you don't have discretion. And I think everybody can kind of go with... We've all had somebody who's said something about, well, she's so pretty or she's so beautiful. And then somebody says something about, yeah, well, just wait till you get to know her. You know, and it's bad because discretion, you know, that can mean clothing, being discreet and modest with your clothing, discretion with your words and how you talk. Um, discretion with what you do and who you associate with and how you associate with people and I mean pretty much everything <laughs> kind of can fall under what you have to be discreet about and have discretion with so yeah that one's kind of <laughs> on the nose on the nose of a pig <laughs> um the last one from Proverbs is from Proverbs 31, and I'm sure most people have heard of Proverbs 31 in some way, shape, or form. Um, there's a lot of ministries around that for women, Proverbs, the Proverbs 31 woman. I know that when I was growing up, it kind of became popular, and people didn't really explain what Proverbs 31 
and it's actually 3110 through 31, not the entire chapter, has to do with women. First note, Proverbs 31 was written for a man to read so that he knew what to look for in a wife um, and how he would know he had a godly wife and a good wife. Um, so that's first. Second of all, it's written for a woman aspiring to be married, basically. That's the best way I can put it. Um, so, because, I mean, it's for wives and children, or, or wives with kids, moms, uh, not like an entrepreneur, woman who wants to be single. Most of that doesn't really apply. Um, the only verse out of all of it that I would say kind of can go across the board for all women was 3130. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be, she shall be praised. So, I mean, charm is deceitful. Most of the time when people are use, using charm or being charming, you're trying to either impress somebody or maybe trying to... You're trying to deceive them. Get something. In one way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, and, and charm isn't necessarily genuine yeah. to me. Uh, not a term I associate with being genuine. Um, and beauty, beauty is vain. Beauty is fleeting. Beauty goes away <laughs> with time. So maybe not the thing to be concentrating on all the time. Testament, there were a lot of women who were godly women, good examples. Um, Mary being a, a good one to look at, I would say, considering her obedience to God in a situation that could have been horrendous for her. Um, I mean, it, it could have ruined her. She was faithful anyway. So, I wanted to, of course, include Mary, but, you know, at the same time, Mary was a wife and a mother. It's hard to kind of pull that away uh, every time. Um, but you also had Mary Magdalene, who was faithful, and um, she was a servant um, once she came to be a follower of Christ. And then we have you know, Phoebe and Lydia, and Priscilla and Aquila, which are married, and they are a very good example of uh, a marriage team, I think. 
for for the church yeah. and Christianity. I really, really love that. Um, but I mean, they all served the church. They all served Christ. They were faithful and they spread the gospel and they helped grow the church. Um, all in different ways. Uh, so there are some commonalities between these women. Most of them are obedient. Most, well, not most. Pretty much all of them are obedient in some way. extremely beneficial to women regardless um, and we will talk about this with the uh, godly wife as well because Titus 2 is extremely important for women um, there's also a section for men as well um, because it gives examples of how older women are supposed to be um, and it tells them how they're supposed to teach the younger women um, of course, with an eye towards marriage. So there's that. Um, but they're supposed to be, the older women are supposed to be reverent. They're supposed to, which means, you know, they're supposed to be dignified in their behavior. Um, they shouldn't be malicious gossips. They shouldn't be slaves to wine and drinking. Um, they're supposed to teach what is good. What is good? The Bible. Um, and all of this is so that they can encourage younger women. Basically, they should have life experience. They should have done these things and lived as much of their Christian life in that manner as possible so that they can go and teach young women, hey, these are the things we know about marriage, um, being how to love their husbands and to love their children to be sensible um, and serious, uh, pure, workers at home, uh, kind, and being subjects to subject to their own husbands and only him, um, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Now, like I say, I think that's something that we really dive into for the marriage one, mm -hmm. um, just because it. It has so much there um, relating to being married and relating to Ephesians and Colossians and uh, First Peter about marriage. So, um, but I did want to kind of just briefly go over them just for uh, everybody's sake. <laughs> Titus 2, 3 through 5. If anybody wants to go and check it out and read up on it, highly recommend reading all of Titus all at once, if if you uh, feel like it. But very very good epistle. That's my notes. All right.
What are you saying? Do what? You wanna play? <laughs> <laughs> 